Welcome to the Circle 31 Podcast. I'm your host, Ayanna Robinson-Dixon, and this is The Love Series. My guest today is Kalia Taylor. Kalia is a newlywed. She's been married for nine months to her husband, Joseph. And in this episode, Kalia is candid about the work that she had to do in order to be prepared to be someone's wife um, and all of the valuable lessons that she learned along the way. Now, here's my conversation with Kalia Taylor. Okay. Well, hello, everybody. I'm so grateful to be here. My name is Kalia Taylor. Um, My husband is not joining me today, but his name is Joseph Taylor. We've been married for going on nine months. We'll be hitting a year in April. So we're newlyweds. We're fresh to this. We're actually located in um, Bamberg, South Carolina. I relocated here after our wedding. So that's been a transition, but it's been a beautiful transition. And we're just glad to be here. Kalia, thank you for being our guest today on the Circle 31 podcast. We're glad to have you. It's good to be here. Good to be here. So can you share with us your experience of being single before you met your husband? Yeah, <laughs> that was a very, very interesting time. Um, so I'm actually eight years younger than him. So I'll be 28 in February. and he's, He'll be 36 in March. So my time was actually like also like those growing pains of your 20s and different things like that. So my season of singleness, it was, at first it was a lot of um, unsurety, like being a young person trying to navigate life and trying to see, okay, how do I do this? And is this person for me? God, is the time yet? And in that time, I made a lot of bad decisions, um, just being young and saved and not knowing how to date and who to date or if it's the right time. And, you know, it's it's so funny. Um, my The relationship for my husband, that actually was my breaking point. Mm. And that was the one that actually kind of shifted me in every way. Because that particular relationship, God didn't want me in, and I disobeyed him. And he told me clearly, you know, you're not going to be single forever, but right now I need you single. Mm. And me and the guy, we broke up, but we stayed together. We we got back together shortly after that. Mm. And disobedience and the relationship got harder and harder Mm. and harder because of disobedience. And the whole time, it just was not a happy relationship for either of us. Because we were also two very damaged people. So we wow. hadn't healed emotionally. Both of us needed character development. I was around 22 at that time. So it was like I had a lot of growing to do, but my mind was on being a wife. Mm-hmm. And I was nowhere near ready to be a wife because mm. I still had to grow as a person and still had to develop. And like I said, you have some character development before God will allow me to be someone's wife. And, um, after we hit like a, a crossroads with that relationship and we actually decided it was best for us to part ways. Mm-hmm. And when we parted ways, he shared some things with me about my character towards the end of the relationship. And after we broke up, it caused me to really self-inspect. Mm-hmm. And at that time I started to self-inspect because I wanted him back. But I realized I had a lot of self-esteem issues. I had, um, lack of confidence and lack of self-worth and just different things that I was struggling with that the last thing on my mind at that time should have been a relationship. So that relationship actually really, the breakup actually really forced me to see myself. So Mm. I went from trying to fix myself so I could be married 
to actually trying to fix myself because I just needed to be healed. And I wanted to be where God wanted me to go, but I couldn't get there. I couldn't be a wife and I couldn't be a mother. Or I couldn't be anything until I actually worked through the issues I had as a single. Wow. So as you talk about that experience, uh, could you also share with us what you believe was the most valuable experiences or lessons that you learned while you were single? Yes. Um, the most valuable lessons I learned. One in particular was to learn what my needs were. Mm. And my grandfather actually taught me that when I was single. He said, you got to know what your needs are as a single woman, because if you desire to be married, your husband's going to want to know what your needs are. Mm-hmm. So that was a valuable lesson. Also learning that there's a level of healing that you have to gain as a single before you can be ready to be married. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do all of it by yourself because once you get married, you and your husband are going to heal more. You and your spouse are going to heal together also. Um, but there's a level of healing that you have to come to by yourself. So That's I believe those two lessons were the most valuable for me. That's good. Now you mentioned... Um at the beginning of our conversation that you are newly married. You've been married for nine months. So congratulations. Thank you. But what for our single listeners, um, I would like you to uh, address how do Christian singles figure out how and when to move from friendship to courtship? I believe it has to, it comes down to a matter of like both people being with one accord Mm -hmm. and knowing Okay, because ultimately it's the man that kind of moves things along. Along, mm-hmm. So there has to be, um, during the, the talking process, there has to be conversations that you express to each other how long you want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, when do you want to see this progress? How long do you see this going? And one thing about my husband was when we were courting, from the very beginning, he made it um, evident to me that you know, he desired to be married and he wasn't looking for any more, any more friends. And he was talking to me because he desired to get to know me. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like I said earlier, the man, he progresses it. He moves it forward. So if the, if it's a man that actually is serious about getting married, he'll tell you or you should be able to ask him early on. OK, how long before, you know, because they're going to tell you if they see you being the one for them or you'll know, too. Also during mm-hmm. that single that courtship process or the dating process rather before getting to the courtship process. So it has to be it has to come down to communication. I don't really think there's a, a really a time that you can put on it because everyone's relationship is different. Yes. Somebody may say that my husband and I got engaged too quickly or mm-hmm. that we actually got we started courting too soon. Mm-hmm. But then someone else may do it in a year and that might be the perfect time for them. So it has to go it has to has to do both of them what both people desire and what they see as a, a viable time frame. Mm, that's good. Now you mentioned courtship dating. How is Christian courtship different from casual dating? It has a purpose. It has mm. a destination. <laughs> there, there, it's clear where it's going. When you're, in, um, I believe in the world, when it's dating, there's a lot of times there's a lack of clarity because like that's how you see those relationships that go on for five and 10 and 15, 20 years, because there was never a destination. Mm. There was never any clarity set. Nobody knew where this was going. So within the courtship process, 
that's solid because the the goal for that is to move towards marriage. Mm. So that's two people coming together with a common goal of, okay, if this, if we actually realize we're compatible and we're equally yoked, this could be a marriage eventually. That's good. Now, Kalia, what words of wisdom would you give a couple entering into a courtship with the intention of marriage? Have tough conversations. Have tough conversations, ask serious questions. Don't be afraid to get in each other's business and find out all that you need to find out because I believe that one of the culprits of a lot of the divorces that we see comes from people not knowing each other. And that's what the courtship process is for. My, my pastor, my former pastor always told the young people, he always told us dating is for gathering data. So the courtship process, of course, you're going to, you know, have your, your flirty moments. You're going to go on dates and take your selfies and different things like that. But ultimately, you have to get to know this person. So that's the best piece of advice I would give anybody. Ask those questions. Have you ever been violated before? Did you deal with any kind of abuse growing up? What's your credit score? Um, are you in any debt? Or do you have student loans piling up? You have to know those things because all of those things could possibly show up in your marriage if you don't talk about them in the courtship process. Because it, say you have those conversations and you, you hear something that, that's like a red flag to you, that's your indicator that this person may not be the person for you. But you will never know that if you don't have the conversation. I want to circle back uh, to something that you shared earlier. You you shared that you were in a relationship and you knew that it was not God's perfect will for you. God, you felt that impression on your heart. Um, There's probably somebody listening right now that's a single and that single person desires to be in your position right now. They want to be married, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What advice can you give to the person listening to our conversation? They know they have that tugging in their heart. They hear the Holy Spirit saying, this is not the one for you, but for whatever reason, they're not ready to um, move forward. They're not ready to leave the relationship, even though they know this is not God's will. Please talk to that person right now and share a word of encouragement with, with who's listening. You have to trust God. You have to believe that if he put that desire for you to be a, a wife that or a husband, if he put that desire there, he's going to bring that promise to pass for you. You have to ask him to increase your faith and help you to trust him more, to trust you even with that desire. And because the lack of faith is ultimately the reason why we stick around, because we feel like there may not be anyone else. There may not be anybody else that'll come from this. No one else will love me like this person. But if God has put that desire there for you, and he's, he's let you know, okay, you're going to be married. You have to trust him enough to know that he has somebody for you who's going to complement your life, who's going to be your purpose partner, who's going to meet your needs, who's going to be everything that you prayed for. Mm-hmm. But you ultimately, you have to put that desire and put what you want. You have to put all of that in the hands of God. And trust that if you leave that toxic relationship, if you leave that relationship that you're not supposed to be in, that he said no to, that he told you to leave, trust that if he get if he gave you those instructions, that he's going to lead you from there. He's not going to drop you. He's not going to fail you. You just have to trust him. And ultimately, the best way to do that is to ask him to increase your faith. You ask him to increase your faith. I'm telling you, like, he's not going to he's not going to fail you. 
That's one thing God does not do. If he gives you instructions, he's going to follow up with what to go, what to do from there. Wow. So we stay because of lack of faith. Yeah. And we need to trust God knowing that if the desire to marry is there in his time, he's going to fulfill his promise. Absolutely. That was, that's why I stayed. It was a lack of faith because I knew I was supposed to be a wife. God had showed me dreams and visions. You know, I've seen myself married. I saw myself married, but also not only lack of faith, but also it has to do with maybe low self-worth because you take things that you don't deserve. Because once again, who else would love me like this person? Who else is going to treat me like this person? But if they're not treating you right, you don't want anybody else to treat you like them. Correct. So I believe low self-worth, low self-worth and lack of faith, those two things, if you can work on those, then you can ultimately move to where God wants you to be, which is with your kingdom spouse. Do you have any suggestions on how to work on, you you spoke on um, the lack of faith, but what about mm-hmm. low self-worth? What are some, like maybe one or two practical things that our listeners can can work on or can do yeah. to help with that? So what helped me was um, two things that I did. I actually, the first thing I did, I wrote a letter to myself mm. apologizing to me mm. because I realized during my healing process that I wasn't very kind to myself. I didn't show myself any grace. Um, I was, I used to speak down to myself and I was really heavy on me as a person. And that letter that I wrote to myself was an apology to me for disrespecting me, for not loving me the way that I should have, for not caring for myself the way that I should have. And that actually helped break up some things in my heart when it came to my self-worth. And it helped me to be more conscious of how I treated myself. Mm. So that right there, it's, it's painful as you do it. Because you, like once you start to do it, things start to come to your mind about how you treated yourself. And it, and it feels like, dang, I didn't know I was doing this to me. But ultimately, in the end, it feels better. And another thing that I did was I wrote scripture affirmations okay. on index cards. And like different scriptures to build myself up. If I knew I struggled with my features, I wrote scriptures. Okay, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. Um, If I knew I struggled with not feeling good enough, you are the head and not the tail. Mm -hmm. So I had to write scripture affirmations for myself on index cards. And I would read them whenever I needed like a pick me up. And eventually when my mind would start to think the negative thing, those scriptures would come back up in my mind to combat what myself may have been trying to tell me mm-hmm. or what the enemy may have been trying to tell me about myself. Kalia, th- those are some very practical um, and doable uh, yeah. tips that you just gave us right there. That's something that those of us that are you know, listening or those of us who are struggling with our low self-worth, um, we can do that today. Write a letter to ourselves, oh, yeah. write those affirmations, get those scriptures that combat those negative thoughts and start moving toward the direction that God would have us go in. Absolutely. Well, Kalia, you know, this has been such a blessing um, for us here at the Circle 31 Podcast. I want to thank you so much for being a guest. We appreciate you sharing all your knowledge and wisdom with us today. Thank you so much. To God be the glory. It's been my pleasure. And thank you so much for having me. That concludes today's episode of The Love Series. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. 
visit our website at circle31internationalwomensministry.org to sign up to receive podcast updates. And as a thank you for signing up, you will receive the 28-day Love Series Devotional Guide. Check out our YouTube channel for the Love Series playlist. It's a collection of our guests' favorite songs. You can find us on YouTube at Circle 31 Women's M-I-N. That's Circle 31 W-O-M-E-N-S-M-I-N. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Thank you for joining us today.